0: Everyone and welcome to Twenty One Questions, the podcast where we tackle twenty one big questions about life, faith, and Christianity in about twenty minutes during twenty twenty one.
1: My name is Ritz Jones, and I'm a pastor at Living Rock Church, and have been for the last sixteen years. And this is Mike Shooter, who's a good friend and a colleague. He's worked with the youth now for more than ten years, and is part of the leadership team at Living Rock Church.
0: Yes. And uh, we are now on to episode five. And the whole series will be available on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel, Living Rock Church. You may notice if you have gone and watched any of those episodes, I now have no hair. However, if you want to check for yourself, you can go back and look at some of those previous episodes.
1: It's worth um, checking out the do. It was great. And it still is, by the way. <laughs>
0: Um, you can really easily find them because we've set up a playlist on our YouTube channel. And you can also get audio versions of all of the podcasts on any major pa- uh, podcasting platform. Just search 21 Questions. You can head to livingrock.church forward slash 21 questions for any of that. Or you can find everything 21 questions related down in the description below. Uh, although we're not now doing uh, yet doing mugs and jumpers, but you know, who knows? Who Facebook knows? It's only. (laughs) today in episode five we are going to ask the question how can we trust the bible is it a storybook is it a collection of writings from occult leaders followers or was it written by the church as a way of gaining power and control over people or is it possibly a reliable account of jesus life death and resurrection and maybe even a way of god communicating with
1: the world yeah and just start by saying it is by far the best-selling book of all time Guinness World Records gotta trust them (laughs) 1995 said that the Bible had sold 5 billion copies uh, worldwide and had outstripped every other book religious or otherwise by billions and billions of copies and so it's by far the biggest bestseller every year bestseller of all time, most printed, most widely distributed book of all time, anywhere, ever. And I would suggest is the most scrutinized book of all time as well. Absolutely. Everywhere. So really get a chance to have their say, if they want to actually take the time to read it. They it's do. been haunted and valued, you know, sort of put it, people put it up on the highest point in their house, or it's been burned and banned. Yeah. Um, people have, lit, have died translating it, even in, even in Great Britain. Um, hundreds of years ago now, but they've, people have died in, in countries for owning it. And even today would be arrested and imprisoned, tortured, or even killed for owning a Bible. People have been imprisoned for smuggling it. It's been contraband and it still yeah. is in some parts of the world, even in 2021. Um, and despite this, it's sort of, by some, it's kind of just seen as this ancient piece of folklore, legend, um, or a dusty old book that doesn't really have any relevance. This kind of flawed book of fiction, um, contrasted with billions of men and women across the world today who believe that it is a holy book, that it is the living word of God, that it's living, it's inspired, it's uh, relevant, and it's as vital as it's e- ever been. And we're in that camp. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> we're standing or sitting.
0: Yeah, definitely, uh, and I think even though that's the case, I think it's fair to that that the, this book is scrutinised. I think, yeah. you know, even when we look at some of the uh, books within the Bible, um, which we'll come on to, um, you know, they open themselves up and and they say, look, this is being written to tell you about something that we that we've witnessed that we've seen. It it opens itself up to to criticism. It opens itself up to be scrutinised. And yeah. to be fair with the claims we're making about this book. You should you should ask questions, and it's yeah. not wrong to do that. You know, for Christians, our faith is intrinsically linked to the Bible. Mm. It is an explanation and testimony of our faith. We we quote it, we apply it, it's been used effectively, and then it's been abused for people's personal gain or to influence people and to um, manipulate people. And so it's really important that we explore what this book is and if it is what the Bible claims it is it, mm. itself to be um, because it matters.
1: Yeah definitely
0: and i think so with that in mind i think the first place we've got to we've got to start is what is the bible because i think it's fair to say even in its makeup people misunderstand um that it's not even just one book it's it's more like a library right
1: yeah that's right i mean that it it is one book but it's a book that's sort of 66 books that are bound together Mm. Um, 39 books in the old testament and 27 in the new testament the old testament be regarded as a holy book for Christians and Jews, and was canonized, if you like, sealed, a completed work um, a few hundred years at least before Jesus' birth. Um, and Jesus, in his own life and descriptions of what Jesus talked about, he never dismissed the Old Testament or quite pulled it into question. And so mm-hmm. that's quite helpful for Christians to um, sort of suggest that it's a it, it is God's word. In fact, it says mm-hmm. he came to fulfil those scriptures. Yeah. And then the New Testament is twenty-seven books that were written that record. Jesus' life, the Gospels, Jesus' biography, describing his birth, his life, his ministry, his death, his burial and his resurrection and ascension to heaven. Um, And then the birth of the early church and letters that were written to young Christian churches all over Europe and and Asia Minor and beyond. And so um, this Christian church was made up of Jewish believers and then later on spread to non-Jewish believers, also called Gentiles, which included Romans and Greeks and others. Okay. And so um, the Old Testament, as I said, was sealed a few hundred years before Jesus' um, birth. The New Testament would have been sealed officially around 390 AD, so about uh, 340 years after Jesus' life and, and a lot of the writings were done. But actually, 170 AD, a lot of those were agreed then and still overlapped with what we had in 390 AD. So a lot of what was regarded as scripture was regarded as such very early on. Yeah. in relation to their writing and it is described it describes itself as god breathed as inspired um which means that the authors of the book of which there are many were essentially instruments um, god used them moved them to write what he wanted so that he could communicate his heart and his message to us and to the world which is this massive claim that we've uh, we recognize you know yeah <laughs> um And so it's all well and good to kind of take all that. But um, people then say, well, yeah, but it is just made up. It's been changed over the years. It's outdated and it's untrue, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so for us, we want to look at the consistency, of the Bible, the accuracy, the reliability and the relevance of it. And -hmm. acknowledge that there is a faith gap. There'll always be a faith gap with that as well.
0: Yeah. And why don't we start with consistency then? So when we talk about consistency, like you already said, this is um, 66 books over a lot of years by a lot of different people so how consistent is the bible how 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 consistent uh, is it with itself
1: yeah and i think that's it there are themes and there are values and there are things that we believe that are found throughout the bible in spite of the fact that it was written by at least 40 different authors over three different continents in three different languages over a thousand years plus okay so that that's a phenomenal thought The Bible was not written by a group of people in a room that were the religious elite, the secret society that wanted to sort of be puppet masters. (laughs) This was written by a hugely diverse group of authors um, over well over a thousand years. These 40 authors that that consisted of a broad range of of people from from royalty, princes and kings, to shepherds who literally had virtually nothing, no possessions, were very poor. Um, Paul himself, who's a big contributor of the New Testament, was essentially a tent maker, Um, You have priests, you have fishermen, you have doctors, um, and all of these come together to write something that is very consistent. Mm. Um, Diverse authors, diverse types of writing, um, historical writings, poetic writings, writings of experience, um, prophetic writings, particularly in relation to who Jesus is and what Jesus would do. And yet there's this like I say these threads and and themes that flow right the way through the bible from genesis all the way through to revelation mm. that pick up and you can pick up throughout the old and the new testament and although therefore the range of contributors is massive and the time frame is massive there's this consistent message that comes through time and again of christian values christian godly convictions and ultimately the the pinnacle of it all is who jesus is the person in the work of jesus christ and the nature of god himself
0: mm, that's really helpful and i think yeah when you look at the bible if you if you pick it up and read it you will see a huge amount of consistency yeah. albeit expressed in different ways because like you said of the different types of writing but i mean could you argue could it be said that actually maybe this was done after the fact you know, maybe this is something that, you know, people over the years, they've edited this bit here and they've changed that bit there. And now all of a sudden there's this great flow because, you know, people wanted to use that and they wanted to prove, maybe even from a good heart of, you know, I I really believe this and I want it to be true. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can we really trust the accuracy of the Bible when it's over such a long period of time?
1: Was it a stitch up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and I think the point there is that, one of the things then you have to look at is, is historical accuracy and any writing is how accurate it is, particularly with historical books. And the simple principle is the shorter the gap between the event taking place in the first writing and recording of that event, the better, the more accurate it's likely to be. And if you yeah. don't have the original uh, recording of the event, then the copies that are made of that, the earliest copy that you have, mm-hmm. the better. Um, and it's all about essentially eliminating as much as possible error, legend creeping in, you know, um, different like you say diff- different motives to change the story a little bit to suit certain beliefs and all that sort of stuff yeah. and if you can be written during the time of people in living memory then obviously it's more open to scrutiny and can be challenged um, more openly hmm. um, and the fact is over time facts can change or, or get lost a little bit and so um, until in, in the early 1900s the There was about a 2,000-year gap between a lot of the events that took place in the Old Testament and the first copies of their writings until 1947 and the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Hmm. And that was a big game changer because actually that shifted the earliest copies a 1,000 years earlier than what was previously held. And the amazing thing is there was this 95% consistency of accuracy between the newly found manuscripts and pieces of that were that were found and the ones that we currently had at that point. Um, And a lot of the any any of the errors that were there were mainly just spelling mistakes. And so therefore there was this phenomenal accuracy that had actually lasted in that thousand year gap. So that was a big, big shift. It was a big deal. And just to kind of uh, give you a bit of context, that meant that from the event taking place to the stuff being written and the first copies being found, there were maybe 200 to 900 years of a gap, with 800 to 900 manuscripts that now um, were related to that you take something similar like um, Julius Caesar's Gallic Wars that was written hundred years BC. And the earliest copy we have is 900 AD. So a thousand year gap. And there are just 10 copies that exist. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of what we're looking at. And that was, that's like up there as the best um, mm. example of, of a well, um, <clears throat> well, well pulled together historical document. Yeah. And then you take the new Testament and it's in a whole different realm because we're not talking about centuries between the event and the first writings and the first copies. We're talking about decades Mm. and we're not talking about eight or 900 copies and manuscripts. We're talking about tens of thousands of Mm. copies in Greek and in Latin. And when they're measured with one another, there's a 99.5% accuracy in relationship to one another based on the copies amongst this diverse range of writings. So the new Testament is just like in a whole world of its own, Wow. compared to any other historic writing. And it's really important we understand that because of course the crux of the Christian faith is about the person mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, what yeah. he did, what he said. And and also just to say this about the Bible, there, is, there aren't hidden things about the Bible. Any variants, any discrepancies are in every Bible. Yes, you know, in, in every Bible that point to the fact that actually other manuscripts say this or that. Mm. It's not hidden away somewhere in a secret room. It's there for anyone to see. Yeah. The Bible makes itself, um, it, it's 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 very kind of clear and uh, transparent in what it wants to say. There's no conspiracy or no. secret organization. The accuracy, the honesty of the Bible actually is second to none, particularly mm. the New Testament.
0: Yeah, and part of the reason that these ancient documents kind of are this way and they're sometimes kind of far away from the original... Uh, event happening is the fact that realistically the majority of societies were not most people weren't literate
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: they didn't have access to anything that was written down even if they could read it and the way that stories and of, of people's history was passed on was orally you yeah, would or tell the history, children. Yeah. Yeah, you would tell your children, your children would tell their children and so on and so forth. And there was this safeguard within community that actually your neighbor has the same story that you do. You could go to another part of the world. But if you were Jewish and you were telling the story of Moses crossing the Red Sea, it would be consistent. And there Mm. would not be varying details. And so when those things are eventually written down, particularly with the new testament because they're going outside of their community because yeah. god is inviting the world into this in a different way than mm-hmm. the old testament um it was important that those things were then written down they could be passed on you know technology is changing getting around the world is easier and so uh, the access to paper and to writing things down has changed and so Absolutely. we those things are not a surprise and when you mm-hmm. look at ancient history we see that actually this is incredibly consistent and just a really really high standard compared yeah. to other places and i think we have to get to a place um, as a people where you know in our culture right now if you hear of an expert realistically you think they're not as smart as they think they are um or they've got some sort of like sinister agenda behind what they're sharing and i think we just need to get a bit better at trusting experts, you know? Mm. We've got so much information at our fingertips and so we look and we find something on Google that somehow contradicts something that someone said And we think we've discovered this conspiracy where actually, you know, often those things have been debunked or they are in the context of everything. They're not as big of a deal as we might assume. And I think we could do ourselves a favor by actually looking at some of these experts who are saying, you know, from a historical perspective, that the the New Testament is incredibly reliable and saying okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna trust that because it's 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 said by not only christians but non-christians yeah um nt wright who is one of the foremost scholars in new testament um history would uh has said that the the idea that jesus never existed is something that no ancient historian would take seriously for a minute because if they did they would have to doubt all history and how we come to those conclusions and we should really take notes of those who who do know what they're talking about and have been yeah. doing this for their entire lives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you've got the consistency, you've got the accuracy <clears throat> and all of the things that you described of this legitimacy of of the writings, particularly the New Testament. Mm. And then um added to that, you've got this incredible reliability of the Bible. Um and part of the reliability is kind of picked up in the accuracy of the of the time gap between the events and the eyewitnesses being those who are responsible for writing down the first accounts and the gap between those first accounts and any copies made of them is incredibly short and um, you know as as jesus biography essentially the gospels were written within 20 to 30 years of of his of his earthly death and so therefore that compared to somebody like Alexander the Great, it was a 400-year gap. And so you've got this this, um, really short space of time that really adds weight to the reliability of them. Um, And the writings about the the life of the early church were probably written during the time they took place when Luke is writing the Book of Acts. Um, He ends around AD 62, and he doesn't record Paul's death. Paul, a major player in, in Christianity in the New Testament, doesn't record his death, his martyrdom. Why? Because it was probably written before Paul died. And therefore, again, you have this, literally this writing as it's happening of the Mm. New Testament that makes it really reliable.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you've got the Gospels um, and their biographies. You've got Mark, um, which is likely written by Peter, um, Matthew, Luke. And uh, like you said, uh, who's a a doctor, physician, John um, and all those people. but. What's interesting is that in all those stories there are there is some really embarrassing stuff in there you know um f- for example you've got peter denying um his kind of trust and his um belief in christ to a little girl around around a fire yeah. you know he all the disciples are recorded as running away and and um though the 12 apostles they run who sticks around the women and in the mm-hmm. culture okay that is that is incredibly embarrassing and yet peter is this bigwig you know, he's the arguably one of the foremost leaders in the in the early church. This is not the kind of stuff that you write about yourself and <laughs> record. They they can be the details lost to history. Surely,
1: those bits out, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, even the fact that, that you know the 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 first people who see Jesus rise from the dead are women. Mm. Okay, they're the ones who go back. They tell all the disciples that hey, Jesus is alive, and they don't believe them straight away either. And the reality is, if you wanted to doctor something like this, if you wanted to prove something that wasn't true, mm. in that time period, you don't set women as the the testimonies. Primary um, witness, yeah. Yeah, you don't set them as the primary witnesses. It's just not something you do. And yeah. so if you're if you're going to create a document like this to um witness to something and uh, and and have details that aren't really true and you're embellishing and stuff like that they've done a really bad job of it okay that's because that's just
1: not how you would do it that's right and some of these guys well all of these guys other than John actually um suffered excruciating deaths yeah um, claiming that they what they'd seen what they'd said about Jesus was absolutely true mm. there was no there was no reward for them if you like certainly no. there was no power that they had no money that they had you didn't get all the girls no. by doing that you know which is the three things that generally drive people to do things um, yeah. none of those things were there for them they died often poor um painful deaths mm. saying no jesus is is the son of god you know
0: yeah absolutely and, and that's the same now <laughs> <laughs> well exactly <laughs> yeah absolutely right and then you've got ancient uh, nine ancient non-Christian sources as well who state the existence of Jesus and his followers, followers within 150 years of Jesus' life. You've got uh, Tachicus, Josephus, Pliny, um, and Younger amongst others who are all testifying about Jesus' existence, about what happened, mm. about the fact that all of his disciples are saying they've seen him risen from the dead. and yeah. um, And even though they're not believers, they're still recording this.
1: Um, Definitely. I mean, for Tacitus and Pliny the Younger, they were Roman historians and they were recording stuff that was happening in the day. So some of the stuff they say seems incidental, but it backs up what the Bible says about the early church, you know, mm. and and also the Bible show, you know, the Bible doesn't take place in a vacuum. The Bible takes place in world history and therefore you have references to um, world leaders and empires like Egypt mm. and Ramesses, you know, in Genesis 47, where you've got, Um, Assyrian Empire leaders um, like Sennacherib that's described in in our Bibles or Nebuchadnezzar uh, from Babylon the Babylonian Empire and then the rise of the Medes and the Persians with uh, Darius and Artaxerxes and Xerxes and Cyrus and then the New Testament talks a lot about Rome and the Roman um, uh, leaders the Caesars like Caesar Augustus and Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Mm -hmm. Pilate Claudius, Nero um, and even Paul is, is pulled up to account by um, you know, Roman governors, and they're all described in there. And and so you have that. But also even earthly kingdoms and rulers are prophesied about in the Bible prior to them happening. Mm. And Daniel, for example, sees the rise and fall of empires ahead of him in the future, describes it with such accuracy that many people struggle to believe that he it was written when it was, but it was written mm. when it was. And he sees the Babylonian empire then he sees the per- Medes and the Persians then he sees the Greeks then he sees Rome and he's he's describing this in a vision that he has from God that's in our bibles yep. and most importantly of all are the, the the scriptures that are fulfilled in Jesus life many of which he could not have engineered himself that no. were written over a thousand years at times or certainly centuries before his earthly life that again point to Jesus being the one that God was always going to send to Restore the relationship between mankind and the world and himself, and so you know there's so many other things we could talk about, but yeah, yeah, but those things really do point to this reliability of the Bible, uh, okay, and that many historians will still use the Bible as a point of reference yeah. for ancient history. You know, it's 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 relevant. It's lots yeah. of archaeological proof that's appearing all the time to back up things that are in the Bible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say then. Let's say the Bible is consistent. Let's say it's accurate. Let's say it's reliable. Um, But realistically, is the Bible still relevant? Um, Because that's that's an important question. You know, even (laughs) if it records all these things and it's historically accurate and stuff like that, is it still relevant today? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I read a quote uh, from Time magazine in 2007, and it said essentially the Bible has done more to shape literature, history, entertainment and culture than any book ever written that was time magazine's comment on the bible it, it's no question it's had a huge impact on mm. society and on culture even though oftentimes it's countercultural, and it still is today um, which is why it can be regarded as quite unpopular at times but yeah you know as we've said it's been used well and it's also been abused by people been abused by the church as well as used well by the church but it wasn't written um by a religious elite to hold power and sway mm. um in many ways, it predates the church. The church is a product of the Bible, not the Bible being a product of the church. Um, yeah. And a lot of the Bible was written prior to the birth of the, the early church that we read about in Acts in the New Testament. Mm. And then a lot of the letters are written to help that church understand, the churches understand how they're to be, how a Christian is to live mm. in the light of what Jesus, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And so, therefore, all of those things are, are there in the Bible. And the Bible has therefore shaped society in a way that I don't think we fully understand actually particularly in modern western society
0: no we we kind of think we're a product of our own good ideas um (laughs) but the reality is you know we look at our even our language you know forbidden fruit an eye for an eye do not kill prodigal sons lost sheep good samaritans do unto others as you'd have them do unto you Uh, turn the other cheek love your neighbor these are all instructions from the bible these are all instructions from god about the way we should live and it's amazing that in 2000 years, there's still no better moral code than Jesus <laughs> lays down. And we we think, uh, I don't know, we sometimes idolize places like Rome and Greece as these incredible centers of philosophy and science oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. so enlightened. And yet they were brutal. Yeah, they were. The idea that Jesus comes into that setting and he says, do you know what? This isn't for the rich. This isn't for the powerful. This is for the poor. This is for the least. Mm. Would have been totally contrary yeah. You know, and to be honest, if there's ever a time we need to still be hearing those messages, it's now
1: Absolutely. that God
0: cares about the poorest people, that we need to give attention to those people, that we need to love our neighbor and not mm. um turn against them and and strike them and turn the other cheek when we're
1: when we have things done to us, those teachings are still incredibly prevalent now. Yeah. Well, even something like an eye for an eye, you know, it's like the punishment. Is always just in relation to the crime, you know. It's, yeah. it's all of that sort of stuff. And the Bible is open. It's honest. It does invite mm-hmm. us in It invites us and challenges us to decide what we believe as we read it. It does that. And mm-hmm. um, even in its own pages, it's full of belief and unbelief. You see yeah. people's reactions in the Bible to things that are going on around them, and sometimes it's unbelief. Um, it's full of questions. It's full of um, crying out to God, as we talked about in some of our previous ones about suffering. You know, it it has answers, and it it's got sorrow it's got joy it's got disaster it's got horror and miracles and beauty and mm. power and um and, and it's it's not held people back actually it's it's released people and, and pushed people to believe if there is yeah. a god of order then science is relevant we can learn things about mm. order we can learn yeah. things about a scientific world and universe it's led to many women uh, and men being um, pioneers of science people like mm. Galileo Newton Babbage Bacon and men and women who've won um, or gained uh, nobel praises for their work have been motivated because of biblical principles and teachings and so yeah. i believe it's relevant to every time every culture is timeless in regards to its dealings with life and truth and faith and the existence of god and the why am i here and where is everything going and what's r- truly right what's truly wrong what's true <laughs> what <Yeah>. is it? <laughs> um and and all of that so there's many things that i think you can read and listen to and watch that will Add a lot more to what we've said about its yeah. authenticity, but there was still always come down to this. What do you believe? Yeah. And 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 I just challenge anybody listening to this. You know, I, I I read that in lockdown in 2020, more Bibles were were sold than had been in the previous years. There'd been an uprising in the number of people who bought Bibles mm. because I believe it's relevant, it brings comfort. Sometimes mm. people don't quite know why, but I believe it's because it's God speaking. Mm. And I just want to say this: don't write off the Bible before you've read it and don't put the bible down um until at least you've picked it up and so just just to kind of throw that out there is my kind of final yeah. statements i suppose absolutely i think the bible has to be experienced um
0: not just understood yeah um, yeah and the reality is is that there will always be a faith gap there will always be a step where you're presented with all the evidence and it doesn't have to be a leap of faith into mm. you know a blind guess but it can be an informed decision where you say, do you know what, on what I've seen, on who I've seen, I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm going to put my mm. faith in who Jesus said he was. I'm going to put my faith in the fact that God loves me. He cares for me. He has a plan for my life. And he's the reason that I'm here. Yeah. And, exactly. and that's ultimately what the Bible is there to cause us to do, is to put our trust and our faith in God. And yeah. so we're never going to be able to present all the evidence to every argument without any, you know, holding their hands up and saying, I don't know the answer to that. But the question is, is, is there more evidence to say that this could be really true? And if it is, it really matters yeah. than to say that it, it should be written off. Yeah, um, agreed. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much everyone for joining us today um we're really excited in the next couple of weeks we're gonna do at least a special and take a look at the resurrection um because jesus rising from the dead is the crux of the christian faith if jesus didn't rise from the dead then everything else to a certain extent um comes into question but we're going to explore that look at the evidence for that and uh that will be a really good episode so please join us for that come back and we will see you next time thanks a lot thanks very much
1: cheers